Hello and welcome back to the Weights and Wine podcast. My name is Netta Veda. I am your host. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Netta, N-E-D-A underscore Veda, V-A-E-D-A. You can also send me an email at netaveda, N-E-D-A-V-A-E-D-A at gmail.com. If you found this episode helpful or you just really like the sound of my voice, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating. It means a lot to me and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Weights and Wine podcast. I literally just got home from my very first solid core class and holy cannoli, my abs are on freaking fire. I have never had a workout like that before. For the warm-up, I thought I was going to pass out and die. Um, The intensity of it on your core is beyond wild and I guess that's why they call it solid core but it was so fun it was the hamstrings and bicep class if anyone is familiar with solid core and I will definitely be back because that was such a great workout and this morning for my personal workout I had a rest day so I did some yoga at the gym because I knew I was doing solid core so it doesn't make sense to do two exercises in the same day More doesn't always mean better, fun fact, which ties nicely into our topic this week of useless fitness trends. But before that, I want to go back to solid core. I genuinely loved it. I went with my friend Sarah, and it was such a great time. Last Sunday, I also did a Barry's class for the first time, and Barry's for me was a little on the easier side, only because they start you out with cardio, at least the class that I did. They start you out with cardio on the treadmill, which I'm not a cardio girl. Like I don't like running. I love walking, getting steps in, but I hate running, which is ironic because I did winter and spring track for all four years of high school. So interesting how life works out 10 years later. But yeah, I'm not a running girl. And the weight stuff they did, it was exactly the same moves that I do on my own workouts, but at Barry's. And if you're familiar with this, then you already know. It's higher intensity. You're not really focused on squeezing and getting mind-to-muscle tension. It's just really, all right, let's go. Bicep curl, hip thrust, deadlift, etc. over and over and over again. So it's higher intensity, moderate to lightweight. But it gives you a good sweat, and it's great for me personally as an off-day form of physical activity. I know for others, it might be a great workout to have on a workout day. But, you know, don't ever compare your fitness journey to someone else's. Your page one is going to be different than my page four and a half years in. So just always keep that in mind. I wouldn't consider myself advanced, but I have a pretty good grasp on things. And what I think Solid Core did to me today that really shook me and made me so freaking like, wow, this shit is intense was the emphasis on really slow, controlled core, which I don't train my core, which like I don't really train my core. I really fucking hate those like eight minute abs. Here you go. And it's like, well, actually, we're just this is just going to the topic today. But I digress. So before I start spieling about that, I think that when you've hit a plateau for a while and you've been training a certain way, which for me was strain training, and it has been bodybuilder style for the past four and a half years, It's been splits of chest and tries, back and buys, quads, hamstrings, etc. That was my first split when I first started. It then transitioned into lower body, 
push, lower body, pull, full body, etc. Now I'm on a more focused program. I don't actually have the correct name for it, but it's still the same bodybuilding style. So it's your warm up, your compounds, your isolation moves, a finisher, and then you're done. So my training style has been the same. I've obviously, and I'm saying obviously because I continuously promote it on this podcast and in my daily life, you should always be progressively overloading. So that naturally comes with it. However, I am fully aware because it's happened to me, you will hit a plateau at some point. There's no if, ands, or buts. It's inevitable. You will hit a plateau. This is where discipline comes in instead of relying on motivation because you will not be motivated 24-7. You won't be motivated every week to work out. You won't even be motivated every month to work out. But if you're disciplined and you're consistent and you see the end goal, you will fucking do it because that's what you need to do. Now that I've hit a plateau and now that I have access to more group fitness classes, I'm going to call them, such as Solid Core, Barry, Soul Cycle, just different classes around the area, I am loving experimenting with them and I think it's such a nice change and it kind of shocks the muscles a little bit too because it's something that you've never done at least for me I've never done something like this so it was similar to when I tried Pilates for the first time a few months ago I felt so humbled because you're using your body with no to very minimum light weights but like you're using muscles you never necessarily used before So it's just a nice way to kind of shake things up. I wouldn't personally recommend switching everything full force. I'm going to stick to bodybuilding. However, I do think solid core and these classes are a great use of my time for rest days or just in addition to my bodybuilding training. But I'm a firm believer that strength training is key and it should be prioritized because there is nothing sexier than lifting heavy weights and really developing a nice, strong body. Okay, today's topic is useless fitness trends. And I want to preface this by saying that when I say useless, I mean pretty ineffective, things that you shouldn't prioritize. These are all going to be grains of sand. And remember from my rocks in a jar episode, you need to focus on the big rocks first. Now, I know I never use definitive words like always, never, yes, no, black, white, etc. But here, you have to put the big rocks first. You have to prioritize the big rocks. This is the exception to the rule of using those definitive words. You have to put the big rocks first and you have to prioritize the big rocks first. Everything we're going to talk about today are literally each a grain of sand. Will they help you? Possibly, potentially, But should you focus on them and have them be like your priority? No. So let's jump right into it. On my Instagram story this week, I put up a question box and I wrote useless fitness trends. And I had a few people actually put in the comments very similar things. So I have a compiled list. I also added a few of the ones that I think are pretty useless. And we're going to jump right into it. Now, I think going to categorize a fitness trend as something that's been made mainstream and more prevalent throughout social media. And I'm going to say social media because I've never heard of people doing these things in real life without it coming from somewhere. And I think that 
you know, we can't be blind to it. In this day and age, social media really plays a huge part in our health and fitness, whether it's for good or bad, whether it's promoting positive information or whether it's promoting fear and food mongering or whatnot. So with the good comes the bad, with the bad comes the good. These are just some trends that I've noticed either quote unquote fitness influencers posting on Instagram, things that maybe I've done or I've promoted in the past that I now am going to take back and say that actually shouldn't have been prioritized. Basically things you shouldn't necessarily avoid, but just know they don't really play a significant part in your health and fitness game. So let's jump right into it. Number one, Apple Watch calories. Listen, I'll be honest, every time I'm at the gym, I set my Apple Watch to the workout I'm doing, whether it's yoga, strength training, Pilates, whatever I'm doing. If you are familiar with the way the Apple Watch works, it tracks your duration of the workout, the type of workout, your heart rate, the calories burned, etc. Do the calories on the Apple Watch matter? No. And here's why. They are not accurate. I don't care how much Apple tells you that they've put money into research and they've hired scientists and they've tested it on millions of people. It is not accurate. There's actually no machine on earth that can go into a watch or like that has the technology to go into a watch that can accurately measure how many calories you're burning. And it's going to be dependent on person as well. So while I think it's a good indicator of like, okay, this was my day, I don't think it's something to focus on because I've had really good strength training sessions and my calories burned might not look like a lot. And that's fine because it doesn't matter. When you are looking to lose fat and to get quote unquote toned and to build muscle and to look very lean, you need to be lifting heavy weights. And the way you do that generally should be lifting heavy, slow, controlled, really feeling that mind-to-muscle connection, you shouldn't be repping it out back to back to back. So when you do that, you're not necessarily going to be burning more calories in that moment. When you lift weights, what it does is it changes your entire body. So it breaks down the muscle. And then later when you refuel with food, then it repairs that muscle when you eat your proteins and your carbs, and it gives you that lean look over time. And this goes back to my Macros 101 episode. So the calories that the Apple Watch tells you you burn in the workout does not mean shit. Listen, for some people, the mental clarity of knowing they burned X amount of calories might help you. And if that helps you, that's fine. But it is a grain of sand in the jar. Next up are smart scales. And by that, I mean those digital Bluetooth scales that you connect to your phone and that you have to download an app for and that tell you all the metrics of your body. This is bullshit because similarly to Apple Watch calories, there is no one device that can accurately tell you your body fat percentage, your muscle mass, your protein rate, etc. It is not true. I'll give you an example. I bought a smart scale about two winters ago. It's that basic fit track one. I don't actually know if I can name drop, but I'm going to do it because it's my podcast. I bought that basic fit track one that everyone has that everyone was selling on Instagram. And I was like, why not just do it? And I'm someone who can weigh myself every day just to get a basic idea and see the trend. And I don't have an emotional attachment to the number. So I don't really care what the number on the scale says. It's just more for data. It gave me, you know, the typical pounds, body fat percentage, muscle mass, etc. 
Two months ago, I did an in-body scale and those numbers were completely different. And this is why anything like smart scales and things that measure your body fat and any of these machines are all bullshit. I think the only really accurate one is that water one that you go into and it measures your density or your buoyancy or something like that, which I honestly don't really know the exact science behind. But in general, these smart scales are not so smart. I think that it's a great tool to have if you don't have an emotional attachment to the numbers and you're using it more for data, I think that's fine. But this scale, like I remember one morning I weighed myself because you're supposed to weigh yourself in the mornings after you've went to the bathroom completely naked. I did it one day. The next day told me I gained five pounds and I went up X amount of body fat percentage. And that's physically impossible for anyone to do. So just keep that in mind that these are not accurate. If you're using it for data, that's fine. And I do think it helps having something that you use every single day for the consistency of it. So if you have this scale that you use every single day and you weigh yourself and you write the number down or the app tracks it or whatnot, and you do it day by day by day, just to get an idea of where your trend is going. Are you staying the same? Are you going up? Are you going down? Notice these patterns. And then I think it's beneficial. I think it's good if you just want the basics and you just want an idea of it. I wouldn't place an emotional attachment to the scale, but in the end, there's nothing smart about these. So I do think if you choose to use it, do it consistently like I do, just so you're using the same device over and over again. But to me, it's all bullshit. It's a grain of sand to me. It should be a grain of sand to you. Next up, waist trainers. Oh my God. I can't believe it's honestly almost 2023 and people are still wearing waist trainers. Like why do you enjoy crushing your ribs? Why do you want an extra layer of material on you when you're working out? When I work out, I try and be as naked as possible, meaning that I'll wear something relatively thin so my skin can fucking breathe. I'm not trying to put a thick ass band wrapped around my fucking stomach. I don't know why waist trainers have gained so much popularity. And it's funny because again, this is why it's a fitness trend. Because if you genuinely do research about health and fitness and just exercise and things like that overall, you are not the person who is going to buy a waist trainer. Gen Pop, listen to me. You do not need a waist trainer. So what if it makes you sweat? Who gives a flying fuck? Just because you sweat doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit that you fucking put that on and you sweated a thousand extra droplets and then you're gonna go binge eat a huge dinner later. Like, it doesn't matter. It's so stupid to me. And I know I might come off harsh, but it's the truth. And this is my podcast, so I can say how I'm feeling. Waist trainers are stupid. If I see people wear them, it's an automatic ick. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? But unfortunately, these people who wear waist trainers really just are sheep and they follow into the fitness trends and they think it looks cool and they think they're going to sweat more and whatnot. But what you don't understand is it doesn't matter how much you sweat. It doesn't matter that it's making you sweat this much because that's really the biggest seller of the waist trainer. It's look how much more you could sweat wearing this, but who cares? You know, just because you sweat doesn't necessarily equate to anything significant. So if you have a waist trainer, please, please, please throw it out and don't ever waste another penny on it again because that's like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Similarly, you have those weightlifting belts, which 
again, if you are a gen pop person, that means general population, you are an everyday Joe Schmo. You go to the gym, you work out, you go to work, you come home, eat dinner, and you're lifting, you don't need a belt. Could it be beneficial? Sure. But you should really be focusing on bracing your core and doing everything you can to not need that belt. I think it's a good tool if you're learning how to brace your core, but you should not be relying on it every single gym session. You should learn how to lift without it. And I also think that with weightlifting belts, it's like people go out and spend hundreds of dollars on these things because they're not cheap. And they think like, okay, well, I have a weightlifting belt. Let's go lift some weight. And it's like, you never even did a squat in your entire life. Why would you go buy a weightlifting belt? Again, this ties back to the rocks and jar episode. This is a grain of sand. If you don't have your basics down first, such as a consistent workout or fitness routine, why would you go buy a weight training belt? Even if you do have a consistent fitness routine, do you really need a weight training belt? Maybe on some lifts you might, and that's totally fine because again, it's still a grain of sand, so it could still help you. But in the end, should you be using it for every single rep, every single time? No, you're good on that, trust me. Okay, we're powering through these. We still got a few more. Next up, banded only workouts. I am telling you right now, It is going to be very, very difficult to gain muscle if you're not lifting weights and you're only doing banded workouts. Actually, it might be impossible. No, because nothing's impossible. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to take so much longer. And I think banded-only workouts are great if it's a rest day or you incorporate them into mobility or you're whatever like if you're doing it in addition to strength training that's great because you can do stuff with a band that maybe you can't do with weights and that's fine get your mobility up get your activation on that's that's all good stuff if you're only doing banded shit for all your workouts I don't know what you think is going to happen but you're not going to be able to grow your glutes significantly You're not going to be able to have super toned arms. Like you need weight. You need resistance. You need something. You cannot rely on just those rubber or even those cloth bands. Like grab some weights and get a workout in. Banded only workouts are bullshit. On the same topic of glute growth, using the Stairmaster to grow your glutes. I think the Stairmaster is a great tool for cardio. Will it help grow your glutes? No. Again, You need to be picking up some weights. You need to be doing some different moves to help target your glutes. And if you don't know good moves for your glutes, then please go listen to my booty gains episode. I think it was literally the second one I did weeks ago. The Stairmaster is not going to do anything significant for your glute growth. Will it help? I mean, you're going to work the muscles. You might see an instant pump, just like you would see a pump anywhere, anytime you work a muscle, does that necessarily mean it's helping it grow and develop and round in? No, it might a little bit, but you're better off picking something else for glute growth than the Stairmaster. Similarly, I can't stand this treadmill trend going around TikTok. Someone posted it. This was before I had TikTok, so I don't really know what exactly it is. It's like 12, 3.30 or something stupid like that. It's like you put the treadmill on an incline and you go this speed for this amount of time. 
and people swear by it. They say, this is how I lost fat. This is how I lost weight. I only did this. And it's bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. That's not how you fucking lost weight. Stop lying to people. Stop making them think that just because you went on a fucking 30-minute walk, that's how you lost weight. It's not. When you work out, this is like a domino effect, right? Hear me out. When you work out, you're naturally going to want to do other things, whether consciously or subconsciously, to make you feel better and healthier and whatnot, such as you might decide to get a chicken wrap instead of fried lasagna when you go out to dinner. You might decide to drink more water throughout the day. You might decide to park your car a little further to get extra steps in. You might decide to have, you might decide to make a high protein ice cream instead of Ben and Jerry's that day. Like you might subconsciously make these decisions because it's all a domino effect and it all ties in together. So maybe that's what this person did. But I am telling you right now, just because you walked on that incline for that long, that's not automatically how you lose weight or lose body fat or anything like that. It's not. And it's definitely not how you gain muscle because because lifting weights helps you gain muscle. Again, this is like the 10th time I'm reiterating that, but I hope like you're understanding that that's how you gain muscle. You don't gain muscle from walking. Will it assist you? Yes. And listen, we talked about this in the rocks in the jar episode. Walking should be prioritized. Walking is a big rock. However, do you necessarily need to go on a treadmill at a 12 incline at speed three for 30 minutes? No. If that's what gets you to walk, then that's great. Hopefully you can just walk naturally at your own pace, wherever you want. But if that's what gets you to fucking walk, then go for it. However, I just want people to understand that it's not necessarily that exact 12, 3.30 that's going to get you like that. It's walking in general and being active and living a healthy, active lifestyle. Next up is spot reducing fat. Spot reduce fat? Spot, you get what I'm saying. It's like, it's when you are purposely trying to lose fat in a specific area. And here's the thing. You could want to lose fat in the bra fat area. You could want to lose fat in your arms, in your legs, in your face, wherever it is. It doesn't matter. It's not up to you. Part of it is up to your genetics. Part of it does involve some frequent training of that area. Part of it is letting that area rest and grow. Part of it is eating in a caloric deficit because the only way to lose fat is to eat less than you burn. So to do that, you have to be eating in a caloric deficit. So it's a mixture of things. Just as a reminder, these are grains of sand, so they will help you. Like if you want to lose fat in the bra fat area, and ladies, you know what I'm talking about, that's your lats. That means you need to be lifting with moves that target your lats, like a lat pull down, bent over rows, pretty much a good amount of the back exercises to target that area. And while you're doing those exercises, everything else needs to happen. You need to be progressively overloading in weight over time so that the muscle continues to be activated and breaks down and then it gets repaired. And when you repair that muscle, you need to be eating your proteins and your carbs to really make sure that those muscle tissues rebuild 
and give you that toned look and help you lose that fat. But again, to lose fat, you have to be eating in a deficit. So that means you have to make sure that you're eating less than you're burning. Do you see how it all ties in together? Domino effect again. It all works together in your body. You can't spot reduce it. You can do things to help it. But if you're not consistent and if you're not going to put in the work to do it, it's not going to happen. You can't sit and complain and moan that you have excess fat here or there or whatnot if you're not doing anything to help solve that problem. If you're not being consistent, and I don't mean that you've been on a quote-unquote diet or you've done this or that for a week. That's bullshit. A week is fucking nothing. Look at your life. You think a week is really going to make a difference? It's a great start, but with that week, do a second week. Do a third week. Keep it up. Keep it going. Be disciplined enough to reach your goals. Stop taking the easy way out and stop trying to fix it quickly or cut out carbs or whatnot. Understand how the body works. Understand that all of these things tie together and this is what you need to do, bottom line. It will take time to kind of get a grasp and really understand it, but it's doable. It's pretty simple when it comes down to it. Just understand what your goals are. Again, go back to my setting goals episode. Set smart goals and then figure out what you need to do to reach those goals. If your goal is to lose bra fat, I just told you exactly what you needed to do. If your goal is to lose fat in your upper body, start by training your triceps two, three times a week and then progressively overload in weight, in form, maybe in tempo, maybe give it a good two second hold at the top. Play around with these things over time while making sure that you're also eating in a deficit if your goal is to lose fat. Make sure you're hitting your protein. Make sure you're eating carbs to give your body energy to do all this. It all ties in together. And speaking of muscles, the last useless fitness trend are quote-unquote eight-minute abs or any derivative of that. Here's the thing. Your ab complexion, I don't even know what the word is. The way your abs look are made up of a bunch of different things. Yes, genetics and hormones play part in it, but also you play a huge part in it too. I just hate when people like always blame their genetics and they're like, well, this is because my mom is this or my dad is that. It's like, no, you have the chance and the choices to change all that. Stop blaming other things and stop blaming other people. So if you do an eight-minute ab exercise, here's what it's really doing. You're probably not, and I'll be honest, because it's happened to me, you're probably not engaging your core the way you're supposed to, and you're just doing it to get a good sweat and a good burn-in. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to target your abs, and you might target your abs. You might feel them sore for a while, but again, that goes with the post-workout pump. You might have a pump for a while. Does that necessarily mean the muscle's growing and getting stronger? No. When you train abs, your intention should be to get a stronger core. The way you do that is by bracing your core, which again, if you are invested, genuinely invested in the health and fitness field and you've done research and you've took legitimate classes on this or just know research or just do research on your own and genuinely know how the body works, you can have a stronger core by pretty much doing any move. When you do a squat, you should be bracing your core on the way down and then giving that good exhale all the way up. When you do a bench press, it's the same thing. Squeeze it and brace it. You don't necessarily need eight-minute abs, 10-minute abs. Like You don't need those workouts. Will they help you? It's a grain of sand, so use your judgment on that question. 
But just know that, that there are better alternatives than just trying to get a sweated because that's probably what you're doing more so than anything. And you've probably heard the saying, abs are made in the kitchen, and that's true because in order to even see visible abs, you need to be at a lower body fat percentage, especially for women. And how do we get to a lower body fat percentage? We have to eat less than we burn. So we have to be eating in a caloric deficit. And that goes back to tracking macros and just the everything we've been talking about all comes back together. You have to be tracking your macros to know how it works. You have to be eating less than you burn for all your muscles to show and grow. So eight-minute abs, they'll help you. They'll give you a good sweat. They'll make your core burn, but you could also just incorporate that into your every day, every workout moves by bracing your core and learning how to breathe properly and all that stuff. So it's a grain of sand. You don't need it. Will it help? Eh, it could, but focus on the big rocks instead. On that note, those were just some, maybe a lot, of useless fitness trends These are things you don't need to do. There are so many better alternatives. But if you choose to do these, just know that in the grand scheme of things, they are grains of sand and you should focus on big rocks instead. Moving on, I'm going to shout out not only solid core, but group fitness classes as my favorite for the week. I've always been someone and maybe it's because I just... I went on a whole rant last week about how I have resting workout bitch face. So maybe this is why, but I've just always loved working out by myself. I hate working out with a friend, especially a friend who's not into fitness. I hate because it's not me being a bitch. It's really not. It's me just wanting to get a workout in and I don't want to babysit you and I don't want to explain to you every little thing. Like I'll do that on my own time, but not when I'm scheduled to have a workout anyway (laughs) on that note I never took group fitness classes before I thought they were kind of weird and I thought it was just someone yelling at you the whole time which it kind of is but I'm definitely more open to them now I think there's some that are pretty fun like I only took batteries and solid core for now but I am excited to venture out into other ones And I think solid core is something that for me is very new and challenging. So I probably will do more of that on my rest days in addition to yoga. So yeah, I'm shouting out group fitness classes. And I think if you like the motivation and the people cheering you on, that's awesome. And I've just kind of grown into not being so cold at the gym. I'm trying to really be more open with just workouts in general. So that's been fun. Um, I can't really think of a second favorite for this week. I don't know if I actually did this favorite yet, but I go through phases where I'm obsessed with reading. So I'll read like a book a day or like a book every other day and then I'll stop reading for months. So now I'm back in a reading phase, but I'm working my way into it. So I just finished a book and it took about three to four days. And the books I read are pretty mindless. It's like Colleen Hoover, a lot of Tessa Bailey, just book talk ones that don't really, they're just leisurely reads. It's nothing that's like super informative or super whatnot, but 
I've been back in my book phase. So if you have any recommendations of books similar to those, let me know. And on that note, I think we're done with this episode. This was a lot of ranting. This was a lot of notes that I took. And I have not taken notes like these in a while. Because I think the last few episodes have just been me ranting. Which I don't need notes for. Because it's just how I am in my day-to-day life. So this was a mouthful. I need probably a gallon of water right now. This was a lot of talking to do. But I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did... Please make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Netta, N-E-G-A, underscore Veda, V-A-E-D-A. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a rating and give me a five-star review because why not? And I will see you or you will hear me next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Netta, N-E-D-A, underscore Veda, V-A-E-D-A. You can also shoot me an email at NettaVeda, N-E-D-A, V-A-E-D-A, at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, episode ideas, anything is welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating. It means a lot. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next one. Have a great week.